0: welcome to the last episode of the year with less Talk with Amin Asantibar. Um, Today I'll be flying solo. Unfortunately, Asantiba can't make it. She's having to deal with a power cut situation in Accra. Asantiba will be with us for the next episode, so that'll be after the new year. I prefer if you're listening, Mr. President, come on now, we need to get the power situation sorted. So, okay, so we've got a couple of listeners that I've always been asking what is the best um, platform to sort of message you guys on if I want to contribute to the show. I think I sent to touched it on the last episode. Just whatever platform you run, just send us a message on that platform. We are bound to see it and bound to answer you real quick. So we're on Instagram at amadottasantibar. You can follow us and there's a DM if, if you want to get involved. We're on Facebook. Let's talk um with Ammar and Asanteba. You know, you can send us a message right there. We'll also respond straight away. And also we're on Twitter at Ama underscore Asantibar to so give us a shout out. You know, like we say, get in touch, get involved. We're we're happy to hear from, from our listeners. Let's now, so moving on to today's episode. This week's topic it's one that holds great interest to me, actually, you know, because I'm all about female empowerment and what's going on. And I hear a lot of stories, especially nowadays, where divorce rates are quite high. Being married as well myself, I think, OK, it's, it's scary because obviously you're with somebody and then when you're with that person, they are your world. So what happens when you get divorced and as a woman, you have to start again? You know, that is, for me, that's something real scary but I have been hearing a lot of success stories around and women are making it they're rebuilding their lives after divorce and this week we've got one amazing guest and an amazing woman with us we've got Yali with us today hi Yali
1: hello everyone hi Emma
0: hi do you know what we thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode we're so grateful for giving up your time it's like midday up in where you are in America isn't it
1: yeah, it's uh, 12.46 right now. We thank you
0: for being here. So we invited Yali on, actually, to inspire some ladies out there. Because like I said, divorce is a scary concept. Am I right, mm-hmm. Yali? Absolutely. And we want to hear her story to inspire some people out there. How do women start all over again? You know, um, if she's got any advice that she can give to our listeners, anyone that's going through it. So Yali, if we can start, um, first of all, how long were you married? I was married
1: for uh, five years.
0: Wow! Were you pretty young when you got married? Yes. But how old were you, if you don't mind?
1: Two thousand ten. I can't remember. I think I was either twenty or nineteen. Uh, but yeah, but it was in two thousand ten. Goodness, five years is a long time. I was twenty-two. Ah, <laughs> to be a little
0: they, bit there. Yeah, So that's young. But then yes. you know, is is young, but then old enough to sort of know what you want, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I did yeah. uh, know him two years pr- prior, so. Basically seven years is just married, married, legally, five.
0: Yeah. So, you know, how was your relationship um, for those five years? Was it, do you have a lot of up and downs or?
1: Well, um, I don't mind. First of all, I don't mind sharing my story at all because I feel like the more I talk about it, um, the more I heal and the more I prove to myself that I'm healed. Um, It's a little bit easier every time that I share this story. And that is something that I want to remind everybody that is going through this process that, you know, when they say time will heal you, um, you know, it sounds very like magical and it's going to be a process. It's going to be really difficult, but in time you will find yourself talking about this and not crying yourself anymore. So (laughs) you will be healed. Um, our relationship, it seemed perfect to be honest with you. Everybody thought that it was the love story. You know, he was really handsome. I don't think I'm too bad. Um, but <laughs> it was just like so happy for us. It was a fairy tale. And I think what happened was there were little red flags here and there and we never talked about it. And when everything accumulated and blew up, that was it. It was the end of the relationship. So um, when we separated, a lot of people were shocked because nobody knew what was going on. And it's like, what happened? You guys were perfect together. Well, not really. But it wasn't like we were fighting all the time. It's just. We didn't communicate our needs and what bother us and anything like that, and it just blew up at the end. Yes, yeah. I also feel that now that I look more into it, the story and, and what happened, um, I understand that we both did wrong. And it's, and and I don't do it to like find who's guilty or whose fault was it. Yeah, I feel like it was both of us. Talk. For him, but at least for me, I actually, before I say that, um, I actually saw a quote the other day that was like really impactful for me. It says something like, and I was trying to find it so I can show it to you, but I couldn't yeah. find it. But um, it says something like, um, your relationship will flare up all your childhood traumas. And it's absolutely true. So um, I live in the United States, but I'm actually from Puerto Rico and it's an island in the Caribbean. And um, our culture is very um, religious and uh, very family oriented and we're happy people, um, but it's very religious. So I grew up in a a household where it was, um, my parents were from a Baptist um, background and we went to church every Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday. We were very devoted. And um, I think that's one of the things that affected me in my life. It was, you know, I had a religious background. I had a lot of conflict in my life. My dad was also very controlling. And very uh, manipulative, and he was very verbal abusive. Um, and because of that religious background, he always made us uh, taught us that women just belong in the kitchen. We were not supposed to be more than just that. So that's the background that I grew up with. So when I got together with my ex husband, um, he was very controlling. But I didn't see it that way. Yeah, I saw you- it as a man that knew what he wanted and he yeah. had plans and, you know, ambitions. And I was the supportive wife, but I wasn't realizing that it was my unsolved trauma from yeah. my childhood. So that's why I identify with that quote so much because the more I heal and found myself and and you know try to analyze what went wrong, that was one of the issues.
0: Wow, that is some powerful talk. But do you know just to bring in in terms of um culture as well because um I've got Ghanaian background. Mm-hmm. So family that are Ghanaian and you know our background exactly the same happy people, you know, we are very religious community or very religious people Mm -hmm. and i think up until recently i mean i remember the stories that you know my mom tells me like back in her mum's day my grandparents days you got married for life you know there yes. wasn't any notion of a divorce. It's like you got married, you make it work, whatever the consequences. And most of the times, you know, I'm not being sexist out here, but most of the times it was a detriment you know, of the women.
1: Exactly. My grandmother was with my grandfather for 50 years and it was not a happy marriage. And he was very physically abusive and verbally abusive. So she left 50 years of just horrid moments. But she, she always said to me, she doesn't believe in divorce. So she stuck around. And the more I saw that in the woman in my family, the more I knew that I didn't want that. I didn't want to stick with somebody that made me unhappy, that made me feel insecure. Um, I, I started realizing that I was always in his shadow because he wanted, he has so many, so many ambitions and plans and it was all about, him, he was very narcissistic, which I didn't see at the time. Yeah, um, and I'm a giver, I'm a empath. So I read an article was uh, once that said the vicious cycle of a na- narcissist and an empath. In in what it was is the narcissist is always all about me, 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 yeah. me. I need to do this. This is my path. Blah 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 blah. And the empath is always giving, all about. What, what can I do for you? How can I make you happy? And we're always giving without receiving. So that's the visual cycle. And that's the, the cycle that I was in my relationship. I just didn't see it at the time. Unfortunately, it will have saved me a lot of time, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So, so my mother too, uh, my mother, and my father, it hasn't been a perfect relationship and she's not happy. She has told me so many times, but she won't divorce. She won't separate because what people will say, that's the first factor. What are people going to say? Then the second factor is the shame of being a divorcee, Mm -hmm. you know? And then the third is just their religious background. They're not supposed to divorce. It's supposed to be stuck with this person for the rest of their lives. And what kind of life is that? You know, if you're not happy, if you can't share who you are or be who you are and and grow and and, and be what you're supposed to be, what is the point of being in a relationship? Right? Absolutely. Yes. Because for me, the way I grew up, it was uh, you get married. You guys are together for the rest of your lives. um, And it's more of a companionship. Like, I'm just going to have somebody uh, next to me when I die. But, you know, the more you grow and the more you are mature and the more that you see a a marriage, a partnership should be, you know, both parties working towards a common goal. And you choose to be together, even the hard times, just because you want to. But there's a support system, you know, and we can both grow and become the best version of ourselves together. Yeah. Not just feeding off the other person and leaving the other person dry. It's no, I completely insane. agree. It
0: is, <laughs> no, it is absolutely insane. Like I said, that just sounds so much as well. It's the same thing with the Ghanaian culture here. I find that with the Ghanaian culture, especially, it's only recently um that divorce hasn't become a big deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Now, you know, people get divorced and it's like, okay, there is still some sort of stigma attached to it from the older generation. Yes. You know, they thought, look at it and think, oh gosh, you young ones, you have no concepts of marriage. <laughs> you don't know how it should work. You guys are so um, fickle. You know, you, you mm-hmm. see the next thing and then you move on and you think the grass is green on the other side.
1: And it's 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 So you hard... think it's that easy? Yeah. Uh, yes. You can change partners whenever you like. And it's like, no, oh, it's not like that. It's <laughs> just not... It's just
0: that I feel like um in our generation... We just expect more for ourselves, yes, you know, and I think that's so important you know it's, you know self-care is, is 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 super important, and I feel that that's what perhaps maybe the older generation lacked. It wasn't about self-care for them, it was more or less about keeping everybody grounded and everyone happy to the detriment of themselves, and that's a that's huge great. sacrifice, you know, I applaud them for making that, but it's it's damaging you know it is. It is very, very damaging. Um, so Yali, at what point in the marriage did you sort of sit down and go, you know what, This I can't do this anymore. We can't go on as we are. Um, and that divorce has to be the only option.
1: Um, I realized it when I found myself looking out of a window, completely blanking out.
0: Okay.
1: It was like a moment where I snap out of it and I'm like, what am I doing staring in the window thinking about nothing? I was just blank in my my brain. Yeah. And then I started noticing a few things like I was actually very depressed. I felt frustrated. Um, So what happened was um, two years into the marriage, um, his job decided to close all offices in the Island and with the economy, how things are in the Island and everything. Um, It seemed like we didn't have like a future over there. So he was offered to come into the States and work for them. And it was going to be triple the salary that he had. Um, I was working in the hospitality industry at the time. And it just made sense for us. So I I left all my family, friends, and everybody that I knew to move to the States. And he only has his mom. He's only child. You know, he's his family. He's family is not that huge. Mine is. I have 11 uncles from my dad's side. (laughs) Wow. So when we're talking about Christmas parties, they are huge.
0: Yeah. I can imagine.
1: Right. So, but I did it because again, I was just thinking that I was being very supportive and that I wanted a future for the both of us. And that we were going to come back eventually. And it just seems like we were going to have like a great future together, you know, and it wasn't the case. I actually got really depressed. I didn't know anybody over here. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, and he was always working. I was alone at the house all the time. So I started resenting him, you know, for being lonely pretty much. Because, you know, you can talk to your, fr- to, to your mom via phone. You can see them video via video, but it's not the same. I missed that yeah. gathering. So I was very lonely. So I started resenting him for that. So I found myself really depressed. So I think that's why I was looking out the window, just like blanking out. And um, the more I talked to him about, you know, how I felt, the more I started noticing that he didn't care. He was just so focused on his career. You know, I was helping him uh, finish a master's degree. And then after the master's degree, he then got another job in another town. So he was traveling for hours. And I think it started, I started noticing all the issues in our relationship because of that. Want to start reflecting right. about us, um, and you know we tried to work it out, and 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 still like he understood, so he started not traveling as much. But then he started blaming me for it. Well, we're not, we don't have enough money because I can't do the trips because then you start complaining that you're lonely, right. stuff like that. And it's like, oh, now it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, he. When he would do this business trips, he will not reach out to me. I won't hear from him for days. So I started noticing other things too. And, oh my gosh, all my insecurities just flare up. It was so bad. And again, I don't mind sharing like more details if you're okay with it. Oh, no,
0: we're okay. Thank you so much. Okay. We're all about um, keeping it real and keeping it raw. uh, Okay.
1: So... I started noticing things, for example, that he will go out and I won't hear from him. And yeah. if you're on a business trip, I know that you're busy, but if you can't get five minutes of your time and text me, hey, how are you doing? I'm at lunch break or whatever. What's going on? Not even at night when you're staying at the hotel, you know, yeah. then other things like uh, we won't be intimate and yeah. and our, we won't have sex at all for months. Yeah. And we have a saying in Puerto Rico that says, it's in Spanish, but I'll translate it. It yeah. says, if the dog is not eating at home, he's eating somewhere else. Somewhere
0: else, yes. Absolutely. So then
1: um, I started checking his phone out of like desperation and his phone was squeaky clean. You no know, history on the browser, uh, messages, like very few mes- text messages. And I'm like, well, if you're that busy, come on,
0: come on. That's someone that's hiding something. Yes.
1: Um, then I finally confronted him, was like, what's going on? You know, I would launch myself to him, you know, I was like, Well, maybe it's me. Maybe I don't know. I am not looking attractive for him. So I started like doing this crazy diet so I can lose weight. And I was on that even dumb big. But you know, it's just your insecurities just get yeah. in your mind and you're going crazy. Um, so I started doing diets, I started reading, you know, how can I just um provoke my partner so they can want you. Um, so I started following tips and tricks that I read online. I bought like different things, you know, to play around, to spice it up. So when, for
0: example, when he comes to me, you're all dressed up and you're all, you know, trying to go on this active mm-hmm. route with him, does he sort of turn away and just go like, I'm tired or?
1: Yes. He will look at me and say, you look beautiful, but I'm tired just plain like that and then he'll go to the bathroom or he'll go to the kitchen so he doesn't have to engage in a conversation with me and let me tell you the fe- the feeling of rejection that is it the hugs. most hurtful thing ever yeah I wish I would have found him like cheating on me on my bed right there and just get it over with then just the process of rejection not knowing what was happening etc cetera, etc cetera. that it drives you crazy because you don't know what's happening and he won't talk about it, um you know, and he will say other things he he has some other childhood trauma. he's a only child, mom is very controlling, mom is like it's all about my kid. sometimes it even made me uh, very uncomfortable her relationship with with his with her son um that it seemed like like if they were together in a sense, yeah. Like I remember visiting her, uh, waiting for him after uh, from work, and she's like, "I need to get ready," and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Where are you going?" And she's like, "He's coming. He's coming to see us," and I'm like, <laughs> oh "My what God, do- what? Okay, what does that mean?" So then she went, took a shower, and when she came back, she was all dolled up, like makeup and perfume and the whole thing. And I'm like, "Okay, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah, that's like, a bit
0: weird." That is weird. She's like the sort of mom that just can't let go. Like to her, like, you know, he's her baby and she just can't let go. She doesn't understand the concept that, you know what, he's got married. He's got a wife now. So maybe I need to back off. Like some mothers don't know.
1: So... um... So then we were together. uh, I mean, we were alone in the States, no mother. So I thought that was going to be better for us because we could be a couple without the third party, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but things didn't get better. And um, I think that the breaking point was two things. One, he told me he finally opened up and said, I don't want you. Because you have gotten bigger. You, you're you fat. So the magic is not there. That's what he told me. And that broke me. Um, uh, that, That's was,
0: that
1: was crazy. It was horrible. That's very assholy of him. Like,
0: Yeah.
1: I want to punch him. <laughs> but at the time, it's just, it broke me. So then instead of me saying, you know what? We're done. No. What did I do? I was holding on to him so bad um, that what did I do? I started doing crazy diets. I fainted at work because I started no doing the, the I started doing that, uh quote unquote Beyonce diet, which was drinking lemon juice with maple maple syrup and uh, cayenne pepper for ten days and not eat anything. I fainted because I was starving myself. Oh my goodness! And he will see me doing all this stuff to try to lose weight, so I can you know look for, better for him. And the more I tried, the more he rejected me. Like. Ugh, you're trying to you're trying too hard it, so, it was horrible
0: so it was like in his head he's already made up his mind like it exactly. was um, exactly yeah. but I
1: wasn't willing to accept that i was
0: yeah
1: I wanted to mold myself to whatever he wanted me to be yes. and at the time I didn't have the voice that I have today like now with my current husband I am absolutely a hundred percent clear of what I want Yes.
0: <laughs> like, no so you should so, be. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But at the time, I didn't have the voice because I I wasn't mature enough to understand what I wanted. And I also, yeah. um, I was dealing with a lot of the childhood trauma. You know, one of the things that got us together was when my father saw that I wanted to be more than just a housewife. I don't know what he had in mind. He probably wanted me to finish high school and then somehow get married Um, even though we live like in the mountains away from the city, no social interaction. So somehow my husband was going to come to me, you know, (laughs) I don't know what my dad was thinking. So anyway, I rebel quote unquote rebel, um, because after high school, I wanted to go to college and then I wanted to do other stuff. So I, I started working, going to college and then saving. I got my own car by myself, you know, with the money I saved. And my dad was so mad that he was losing control over me. That one night, I think he just couldn't have it anymore, and I was already um, in a relationship with my ex-husband, but we weren't like uh, engaged or anything. We were just like boyfriend girlfriend. And one day, he's dropping me off at my house after a date night, and it wasn't even midnight. It was like probably like eleven o'clock, and I come to find that my dad threw everything that I had outside in the in the backyard. He kicked me out of the house. And he called me a bunch of things that I cannot say. (laughs) And um, he's like, if I can't control you, then you can't be home. So in a way, he forced me to live with my boyfriend because then I had nowhere to go. So our relationship got serious, quote unquote, serious from from that moment because I feel like my ex felt bad. So then he gave me a bed, a roof. And then after that, we just sort of, stick together. And then it just made sense that we got married because we love each other at the time. So that's how it started. So you see how I never healed from any of that. And I was just carrying that trauma in my relationship. And basically, my ex was like my dad, in a sense, very controlling like that, too. And I always had to do things to please him. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak because, you know, shut up. Don't say anything. Women don't have a voice. Um, so, I carry all that in my relationship. So, if any, you know, I feel like if somebody's asking me for advice, it's like look yeah. at your childhood trauma and see if you're healed from it. And if you're not, then you're probably projecting in your relationship.
0: Yeah. And you just
1: don't know it because it's so natural to mm-hmm. you. It feels very familiar, right? Yeah. We, are, we always stu- stu- get stuck with the familiar. Yeah. So, then um, after the diets and the whole thing, I was. It was clear to me that he didn't want anything with me, anything to do with me. So I started thinking about separation. But at this point, um, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I couldn't even go to my mom and tell her what's happening because I knew that she was going to be she was going to say things like, well, work in your marriage and, you know, do something to save your marriage. And she actually did. I finally broke up and I was like, mom, I need to talk to you. There's something going on in my relationship. And this is how I'm feeling. And this is what's happening. And my mother just said to me, well, what are you thinking? And I said, well, I think I'm going to divorce him or I want to ask for a divorce.
0: What does she say? Because I know that she's very much, you know, right. get married forever. Yeah.
1: So she, when I said, I'm thinking about divorce, she's like, no, you need to fix your marriage. And I said, how am I going to fix it when he's the one that does not want to be with me? And he's the one who keeps rejecting me. And I'm pretty sure he che- he's cheating on me. I just can't find hard evidence. And she's like, I don't care. You work it and you stick. And in that moment, I knew that I just couldn't reach out to family to talk about this. I knew that staying with him was the worst thing I could have done for myself.
0: Uh, Did he want a divorce or was he just thinking that? he never brought it up.
1: He was just like playing with me.
0: What did he want you to do? So he doesn't want you at this point and he hasn't opened the door or considered getting a divorce. What do you want to do? Just stick around?
1: Yeah, I guess. Just be the clean lady and be there for him and then watch TV shows with him. You know, just and we became sort of like roommates in a sense. He just came home and I was there. I was like a dog, you know, waving my tail every time he come home. Yeah. All about him. That's what he wanted, but he didn't actually want me. So um, I talked to him and I said, I think our relationship is dying. I think. There's some things that we haven't like uh, talk about. I don't think we have communicated our needs and you know how we actually feel. So I think we should start going to couples therapy. You know, I'm still trying. You see how I am? I'm still trying. Trying, yeah. (laughs) And because I loved him really much, I I was really in love with him, and, and and I really had like plans and you know just this whole thing in my mind. Um, and I was still thinking that I was going to be the one taking the higher road. I was going to be the one that, okay, we need to talk, let's fix this, let's communicate. I just didn't realize that it was over anyway. But so he said to me that he didn't want to go to couples therapy, that he didn't think that was anything wrong with their relationship, that we're still um, good. And I was like, like, really? I don't think so. So then the breaking point for me was one night. Where I just felt, it was just one of those nights that you're just feeling so, I'm using that word a lot, but it, it's truly what I felt. I felt really lonely in craving for like human touch. Yeah. That's how lonely I was. Because I didn't have girlfriends to hang out with and go on a date night or, you know, like a girl's night. Um, I only have my coworkers and then go come back home and then just wait for my husband to, to see if he was going to give me some sort of attention. Um, so I was really craving like human touch, like closeness and and just, I needed my husband, you know, and I, he was asleep next to me and I just started like, you know, touching him, like kissing him in the back as he was on his side and just telling him how much I love him. And then I think he understood what I was looking for and he turned around and he grabbed me and he said, I don't want it. You're always begging. Oh, my goodness. And then he turned around and fell asleep. Like, he started snoring that quick.
0: goodness me.
1: I am telling you, Emma, I cried that night because that is when it dawned on me. Like, I finally understood he doesn't want me. I don't make him happy. He's not making me happy. This is done. I'm done. Yeah. That was the absolute breaking point. No return. So then the next day I asked him two questions. I look at him and I said, look at me in the eye and answer this question for me. Do I make you happy? And then he said to me, well, why are you asking me that question? And I said, no, 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 no. Yes or no answer. Do I make you happy? Are you happy with me? And he's like, well, yeah, I think so. And then I said, okay, do you think I'm the most beautiful girl in the world? And he's like, I don't understand why you're asking me this questions. This is insane. I'm like, no. I, I knew. Yeah, I knew yeah. right there. It's over. So then that afternoon, I talked to my parents. And then that night I told him I said, I want to I want to separate. We're done. And then he got crazy.
0: <laughs> the cheek of him.
1: Because yeah. you know, nobody's gonna leave him. He got crazy. He he couldn't understand why. So then I was telling him why. And we were arguing a lot. And he's like, well, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, I'm come like, on. oh, come on. No. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's okay for him to subject you to, like, mental abuse. Yes. But. Is not okay for him to figure out that you know what, my my wife wants a divorce, it's over, so he wants you dangling around
1: mm-hmm. like, like
0: a, a plate. Oh, goodness me, no, no, this, was,
1: that's wild. <laughs> oh. right now. It's like, mm-mm, and we argue so bad that I remember grabbing a kit, a kitchen knife, and mm-hmm. I said, You want to kill yourself? Here's the knife, go for it. Go ahead, and yeah. when I, when I, caught, when I caught myself doing such a thing, I got so nervous because then I realized that I was losing it, that all the anger, that frustration that I was holding, it was coming out and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I stormed out the door. I called my coworker, who's my friend, my only friend at the time. And I said, this is what's happening. I can't stay here. And she's like, come home. So I stayed with my friend and he was blowing my phone, but I didn't answer. Then the next day he's like, okay, let's go for a cup of therapy. Well, at that point, um, I was so late that I didn't want to work it out anymore. Yeah. You know, and then and there is something that one person once said to me that when a woman says enough that they're done, they are done.
0: They're done. Yeah.
1: They have cried everything that they had to cry, they have looked for all the possible solutions, they're absolutely done. And I have never, ever in my life felt that numb and that done. I just didn't want anything to do with him. It was like it, all the image or the 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 love that I have for him is just crumbled. I just saw this person and I was disgusted by it. That's the best way I can explain how numb I was. Yeah. And I told him I don't want to go to a couple therapy it's too late. Yeah. And, he, and he's like no let's try it let's try it. So we finally went to one session. One <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and she's like do you, do you want a divorce? And I said, yes. And she's like, is there any way that I can convince you otherwise? And I said, no. Yeah. And she's like, then why you guys came here? And I said, because he wants to now, that is over. And then I, f- I feel like the therapist opened a path for me to just say everything that I was holding. And I just opened that waterfall. It's just like, blah, I just vomited words. He's doing this, this and that. And I tried this, this and that, and I'm done. And from everything that he heard, the only thing that grasped his mind was, oh, so you want to divorce me because I don't pay attention to you. Oh so why Do you want me to come home and bring flowers and chocolates every day? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's no, the reason
0: that's why it. I want to divorce, because you're not yeah. grasping
1: that. Then we did all the paperwork and thankfully in the state of Washington, they're they're very like easy to just fill out the paperwork. I didn't want any alimony
0: mm-hmm. or anything
1: like that. We didn't have children, which I think it made it a little easier because yeah. there was nothing basically attaching us. And um, he actually didn't want to give me the divorce. And I said to him, look, give me the divorce because obviously this is over and I, I won't come after you, but fight me and I will come after everything you have. And you yeah. have a lot. And when I said that, he signed. He completely signed. Yeah. And, uh, we went to court and, uh, I'm still alone. My parents did not approve. Um, I didn't have anybody with me to go through the process. Wow. And I will ever never, never forget that day of the divorce. It's, it's just one of those things that is so traumatic that you remember what you did that day, what you had for breakfast, the music that you will listen to, how the courts smelled like, like all that is yeah. engraved in my freaking brain. Um, yeah. And I was just by myself.
0: Because and you never thought it would come to this.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And as I, so I am waiting for the judge to call us, um, he's there. He's acting like very professional. Like, hi, how are you doing? Um, where are you staying? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, well, I hope you're doing okay. Like very, like if we're, I don't know, very strange conversation. Like, don't talk to me, please. So then the judge (laughs) called us. Yeah, it was very (laughs) bizarre. So the judge is calling us and we're standing in front of her and she's reading all the paperwork and she's like, okay, everything seems in order. You guys don't have any children. You guys don't have any property to split. Um, It seems very straightforward. And then she asked a question. Are you sure you're going to go through this like is your marriage is absolutely at an end? And I didn't say anything because and I think it's because I was hoping very deep in my mind that he will look at me and say, "No, I love you so much. Let's work this out." Yeah. You know, like I still a part of my mind was still hoping that he was uh, you know, going to change. And I didn't say anything, and he immediately answered, "Yes, it's it's at an end. There's nothing we can do to fix it." And she looked at me, the judge looked at me with this like eyes, like, "I'm sorry."
0: Oh my gosh, I will but never forget in, that. In your head, about your thinking, "Don't be sorry. Yeah.
1: This is so over." But it was like she was looking at me like, "I'm sorry," because I think in I think she saw in me that I I was hopeful still. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So she signed the paper and hit the little thingy. <laughs> I can't remember the name right now and said, okay, you're divorced. And she gave us the papers, we walked out. We walked out together from the court. And just by, you know, in the street, he said, okay, this is it. Have a good life. And he kissed me and he walked one side and he walked and I walked the other way. And I got into my car and I was just sitting. And I don't know how to explain this better, but it felt like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm trying to look for a word for it. Um, It felt like the world just came crashing down me. Like I, I started crying, but yeah. it was, it was a sobbing. Like I never heard myself cry. Yeah. It was like, I was really brokenhearted and I knew it was the end. And it was so intense that I lost track of time. I lost orientation. I didn't know what it was for a second, It was that intense. And that was it. That was it. Wow. And when I I called my mom and I said, it's done. I'm divorced. She was quiet. She didn't say anything. She's like, oh, okay. And didn't say anything to me.
0: That that must have been heartbreaking.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Knowing that nobody had your back, that nobody was there saying, you know what? You're right. You need to look after yourself. I think it made it worse then what a you know divorce process is. I had no support system. I couldn't even tell my dad because I knew my what my dad was going to say. Um. So again, I called the coworker that was my friend and she's the one who was there with me that night. And yeah. that was it. I had to figure it out, you know, what to do after. And I had no idea. Let me tell you, no idea what I was going to do with my life. I was in a strange country with strange people, yeah. you know? So that was it. That was the divorce process. Terrible
0: was the first thing you did to begin your rebuild
1: (laughs) I called my best friend um he's in Florida we've been best friends since elementary and then we went to music school together so we have a history and then my other best friend so it's a guy and a a, uh, girl and we both knew each other for years so I told him what was happening and he said let's go to Disney World (laughs) (laughs) And I went to Disney World for the very first time because I'd never been. My parents never had the money to take us. Yeah. Um, in my 20s, Disney World for the first time with my best friends. And oh, my God, I just had the the time of my life. I still have an album and everything. And it was so magical because they really tried to make everything magical to you, um, even though I'm 20 and I'm not supposed to believe in fairy tales. But um, that was the beginning. When I had such a good time and I saw like, you know, what's out there and the possibilities, I just believed that I was going to be able to do it. So instead of running back home, because, you know, what's waiting for me at home? Parents that are controlling and they're going to drive me crazy and, or do something for myself over here and, and just keep going, moving forward. And that's what I did. I decided to stay. And, um, that was it. Disney World changed my life.
0: Do you know what? I don't think you're the only person to have said that. I think, you know, Disney World, like, has changed a lot of people's lives. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, how was dating after a divorce? Because I can imagine it will be pretty terrifying, wouldn't it? Oh,
1: you know? absolutely. Yeah. I didn't want to date. Right, okay. All. I was just focused on work and myself and... um it was a it was a process because I didn't wanna I didn't know what to do with myself. Who mm. am I? Who is Yali? Who is Jaelia after marriage? You know, when all the plans and, and dreams were about us together, the family that we're gonna have, the kind of life uh, life and lifestyle that we're gonna have, or the adventures that we had together. Because before everything blew up, we used to do so many things together, you know, sightseeing, hiking, outdoor activities. I mean, we were busy all the time, just the two of us. And then it's like, what am I, what am yeah. I supposed to do? And I was in a job that I wasn't really happy. It was a corporate job, you know, nine to five that nobody really cares about you. And I just didn't see myself doing such a thing. Um, so it took me a while to figure it out. I used to cry all the time, you know, asking God, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, What is my purpose in life? I am so lost. And I feel like you get lost because you make somebody your universe, and when that universe collapses, it's like, Where do what do I do? So I used to cry and cry and hit my steering wheel, which I have apologized so many times to my steering wheel, <laughs> like I'm sorry, I take it on you all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't know if I was expecting for like an entity from the heavens to come down and be like, girl, stop crying this is what you need to do. Like, stop asking. Yeah, But it doesn't happen that way, right? Because you have to go through the process. Um, So for me, what helped was a support system. So I I finally started like having a a group of friends plus my best friends, even though they're not in the same state as I was. We talked every day, they checked on me. So I didn't feel that alone anymore. Um, And then I started exploring more like um, the idea of, being happy with myself, keeping myself, my own company, you know, just yes. being alone with myself. And what is it that I like? What is it that I enjoy to do when I'm not at work, you know, and I really enjoy the silence, the just like relaxing, being with my dog. Uh, but I had to learn that because I didn't know how to be by myself either, especially growing in such a huge family. So I just feel that everything that happened to me from the divorce up to, finding my career and then my new husband, it it was for me to grow, to heal, to mature and to just be comfortable with yourself. And I think that's one of the issues that we encounter, uh, at least with all my clients that I, a few of my clients that I talk to is that they don't know how to be happy with themselves. They don't know how to be alone and they always need somebody by their sides. And that can create a lot of issues in your relationship. If you are so dependent of the other people, the other person. Um, so I, st- I went back to school, um, trade school, because uh, I remember that after high school I wanted to do, um, I wanted to do nails. It seemed like a fun job. It seemed like very creative, and I'm a very creative person.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but of course, my parents said that I was too smart for that because in, in Puerto Rico, the career of nail technician seems like very low.
0: Yeah. Like
1: it's, it's the same.
0: A low job, it's right? the same in Ghana, yeah. It's yeah. It has to be a lawyer or a doctor or, or like you know work in the corporate field or right. yes.
1: So <laughs> I went to college in the finance industry because I it, it seemed like a fair and safe job. Just being yeah. the finance, you know. So I was in banking and and whatever and doing loans and and all that stuff, and I didn't like it because even though I was able to help people when when they needed the money. I didn't like the part of collections when I had to call you and be like, hey, Emma, you missed your payment. What's going yeah. on? You know, And it's like, I didn't want to be that person. So I knew that I wanted to be in an industry where I can help people feel better about themselves and just like interacting with people. That's my thing. I love being around people. Um, yeah. But I didn't want to do it as a banking or financing. So then I figured out. Or, you know, the memory came to my mind that I wanted to do nails. So I was like, ah, what the heck? You know, if it doesn't work, it's just going to be like a hobby. I can do my friend's nails and just have fun. So I went to school at night while I was working. And, oh, my gosh, I loved this so much. Loved it, loved it. It was fun. It was creative. It was yeah. – I learned so much. So I graduated, got my license, and I started working full-time as as a nail technician. Um. Which I talk about in my podcast where my boss laughed at me. He's like, you're quitting because you're doing nails? And I said, yes. And I was serious about it. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me. He said, you'll be back in a year. You're never going to make it.
0: And that alone was enough to like make you so determined to succeed at it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I engraved that image in my brain that every time I feel like quitting, I'm like, nope, I am not going back at yeah. all. So then when I was in that process, then I met uh, my husband and it wasn't the old job that I had. So his uh, best friend um, had an account with us. He had a car loan and they were gym buddies. So they used to go and work out together. So he said to him, his name is Sergio. <laughs> he said to Sergio, hey, I need to pay my car loan. I said, okay, if I stop by, make a payment, then we head out to the gym. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he stopped and because I speak Spanish, I I was able to help them because they're Mexican-American. So I was helping his uh, friend and he was there. And he said that when he saw me, he's like, oh, God, I got to talk to her. You know, <laughs> But I wasn't like into dating or anything. So I didn't even pay attention to him. I was just being polite yeah, and, you know, professional. And then he just kept coming back to ask questions about like how to how to apply for a loan and what kind of loans we had. And, you know, just asking (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm still being professional and polite and giving him the information, but he just came too often. And I'm like, what the hell, dude, are you going to apply or not? Like,
0: did you catch on to it? that it was, no,
1: (laughs) my friend did though. My coworker, the one that was, it's been with me since, you know, all the times she's like, I think he likes you. And I'm like, nah, he's just, he just has a lot of questions. And she's like, no, 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 no. I think he likes you because the way he looks at you. And she's like, he's cute. Maybe you should date him. I think you're ready. I'm (laughs) like, nope, nope, not interested. So (laughs) there was this one day that I was by myself in the office. I was alone, hungry, hangry. Cause I wanted to just take a break and all the phones were up the hook. Nobody was in the office. So it was just one of those days that you're just like very overwhelmed. And he comes in again. And I'm like, Oh my God, what he wants. (laughs) So I went to him and I speak, you know, like we speak Spanish. So I told him in Spanish and there were some other clients waiting. So they didn't speak Spanish. So it was better because nobody knew what I was going to say to him. But I said to him, what are you doing here? And what the hell do you want? Are you going to apply for the loan or not? Because you're driving me crazy. And when I said that to him, he just looked at me and he's like, okay, I'm going to call the bullshit. I like you. I want you to come with me on a date. And Um, I'm like, no, I don't date customers. And then he's like, well, I'm technically not your customer. customer. I'm just asking for information. Which is true. (laughs) It's true. So I told him, You know what? Fine, just write your phone number and maybe I will call you. But just leave me alone. Yeah. So he did, and I took the phone number. I put it in my purse. Forgot about it for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So then the roommate that I had was out of town um, that weekend, and it was just one of those days that you have cleaned the apartment, everything is done, laundry is folded. There's nothing good to watch on Netflix, so you're just bored. And I'm I'm actually cleaning my purse because I had nothing else to do. And I find his phone it's a good number. Job you work. I yes, I found his phone number, and I'm like, huh. Oh, I don't know. Should I call him? Uh whatever. What's gonna happen? I'm probably gonna just like not like him, and and I was gonna go home to visit my family. So I was like, oh, probably nothing is gonna happen. I'm gonna leave him behind anyway. So I call him. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was so excited so we went for a coffee date yeah because that's the only thing I will allow you know nothing further and yeah. oh my gosh it was such a great uh, coffee day we were just you know talking about ourselves and he was like super sweet and you know he also he's also divorced and he has two kids so we kind of like bombed it like that in our experiences But I was very clear. This is just a coffee date, potentially friendship. And that was it. nothing else. You know, nothing else. (laughs) And he's like, I'm okay with that. So that you know. So, um, you know, a coffee date led to another one and then to another one and then to another one. Then a movie date, dinner date. And when I realized we're too deep in this, so I started putting walls. I don't know why. I freaked out. And I started trying to like get away from him a little bit and didn't want anything to do with him. And I think that shocked him. Like, he's like, wait, what a minute. Everything was going so good. What happened? yeah And it was just the fear of like, wait, I'm getting too deep in this. Like, what do I want with this guy? Cause I didn't want to, you know, uh, waste his time and I didn't want to waste mine either. So I yeah. had to be clear. What is it that I wanted from this? And I was really scared. A lot of things came up, you know, from the divorce, from the way we dated, from the way our relationship was. And something that I noticed is how different this relationship was, because I was able to be truly be myself and tell him mm-hmm. my truth and be very outspoken. I will speak my mind to him and he won't mind. And it's like, wait a minute, who are you? Why Why are you okay with this? <laughs> Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah, like... Where are you from? But he was also the same. He was very outspoken and when he had to call my bullshit, he will say it too. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was a very <laughs> different relationship and that, that was that was really interesting for me. I, I didn't know what to do with that information. You know, that it was different from what I knew from what I was familiar, you know. Um so yeah, I just ended up giving him the chance and we've been married now for four years. So it's been great. <laughs> but it was difficult at the beginning and he understood.
0: I am just so fascinated by your story and so inspired because you know, you're a woman that's truly inspirational. You've been through a lot. That is yeah. a lot to take. Been sat here and intently just listening to you because it, it just blows my mind, you know? So what advice would you give somebody who's listening? and sat there right now and thinking, you know, I don't know what to do, but divorce looks like the only option. What advice would you give them?
1: I think before you pull the plug, really like sit down. And what helped me was writing down what I said that we liked, that I liked about the relationship uh, Mm -hmm. and about my ex-husband and what was it that I didn't like and how I was truly feeling. And I found that the negative was bigger than the positive. And I feel like you need to like really sit down and be really honest about how you're feeling, why you're not happy, what needs are not being met. Um, have you talked to this person about that? What were the reaction? Have you looked into couples therapy? Because that definitely helps if both parties are willing to get helped. Unfortunately, when it came my, my time, it was too late. Right. But if I will have spoken sooner, maybe with couple therapy, it could have been a different outcome or maybe it will have helped me realize that this was over anyway and saved me a lot of time. Um, so I feel like you should be honest and really um, understand where you are in your relationship. And if it's to the point where it's done, there's no coming back. How can you finish this relationship in the most peaceful way because nobody wants to be arguing, nobody wants to be fighting each other. It's a yeah. lot of work, it's a lot of energy wasted. Um, it's gonna be a lot of heartbreak. So how yeah. can you transition to be to to end this in the mm-hmm. most amicable way possible?
0: Yeah,
1: And then surround yourself with a support system. I unfortunately didn't have that. Mm-hmm. and it was extremely difficult. I feel like if I had a support system, my transition would have been better. Because there's somebody there for you that is listening to you, that is, you know, just there for you, putting, you know, giving their shoulder so you can cry. But I didn't have anybody. I just had my dog. (laughs) Poor dog. (laughs) Um, So surround yourself with a support system. And if you have people that do not agree with you, that they don't want you to separate for whatever reason, religious reasons, beliefs or or whatever, um, accept that that's their opinion that that is their beliefs. It has nothing to do with you, you know, and it doesn't mean that you have to have the same belief and accept that and just make your decision. Really, I I understood that I couldn't take personal what people thought about me, about being a divorcee, because that is their opinion, opinion and people are entitled to their opinion, but I am not supposed to take it. I'm not supposed to believe in it. And when I divorced and I became a divorcee, I found myself having a lot of shame when I talked about it, when I said, well, I'm divorced. And the the way I will say it, it was just like, I'm divorced. I'm not good enough. I fail on my marriage. You know, and I had to understand that what what people consider a divorcee or whatever their opinions they have, it doesn't have to reflect that on me. I am a divorcee and I divorced because I wasn't happy. And I own that. And I'm actually happy that I did because now I'm a business owner. And I found myself and I completely love who I am. Completely love it. I'm not perfect. Never. (laughs) But I love who I am. And because I love who I am and I understood myself, I was able to find a person that was willing to accept me for who I am.
0: 100%. Yes. And
1: I was able to move on. And it hasn't been easy. Nothing in life is easy. Nothing is like a fairy tale ever. If you have like, A misconception of what love should be like, what a marriage should be like. Don't look at movies, don't look at novels or stories. You know, you make your own reality, and that is the person accepting who you are and you loving who you are and willing to be with this other person too. So, yeah, that would be my advice.
0: Wow, you've been on a journey, and I think what makes your story so beautiful actually is the fact that you've made it. You've come out of it. You haven't seen it as a negative. You haven't seen it as, oh gosh, that's the end. I failed. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You've almost risen above it. And from this, like you said, to become a successful business owner, to remarry and to find your happiness. I think that's the most important thing really, isn't it? To find yourself, find your happiness. Because to be honest Mm -hmm. with you, no one can do that for you.
1: Exactly.
0: You've got to be able to do that for yourself. And it is possible, and I think you're a great example of that. So you know, for the ladies out there, or even the men out there, who have come to the you know end of the road, and they don't they don't believe that you know they they can have a happy ever after, or that you know they can find themselves again. Mm-hmm. It is possible. It can be done. Oh, absolutely. You know, irrespective of the circumstances. You know of of how and why you're getting divorced, you're happy is very important, and it can be done there's there's stories out there, you know, and Yali's a great example of a woman who wanted her marriage to work. The car didn't fall that way, and she managed to accept that move on and create success from her life and from her situation and This is really what I want our listeners to to take away um from our session today. I you know if Asantebo was here I'll say we we could not honestly thank you enough for being here and you know and sharing your truth and sharing your story um I have loved listening to every single second of it you know I am so sorry that you've had to go through what you've been through but I believe that is made you the strong and powerful woman that you are today just seeing you and you know the the way you talk and the, and the passion that you have and most importantly the, the truth that you lay bare yes. is is just commendable. So you know Yali, thank you so 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 much for giving up your time and being on our podcast um today. And you know what speaking funny enough speaking with you Yali as well is so weird because even though um obviously I'm in the UK and a Sansibility gone and obviously our culture's gone in and that you're Puerto Rican is weird how the culture is so similar in yeah. terms of religion, marriage, beliefs. And, you know, it's, it's I, what, everything that you've said, I can 100% identify it in in my culture. So I think this is an episode where, you know, a lot of people can take um, something away from, irrespective of the culture, your race, or wherever you are in the world. It, because I'm sure people not going through it, they know somebody who has gone through it or somebody who's going through it right now.
1: Yes. You know, yes. so
0: you yeah, yes guys need to
1: talk or anything, feel free to message me too. I'll be more than happy. See, <laughs> if you do find people. anybody to support you, I'll be there. I
0: promise. <laughs> See, she said it herself. <laughs> and if we've got any listeners in Washington, you've got to go and get your nails done at the nail pot, <laughs> right? Come
1: on, Washington guys. or in Portland, Oregon. Yes. I, there you go. I have a Cop- nail studio, thankfully, even though COVID. Um, but we're working on it, right? It's it's a struggle, yeah. but it's okay. Um yeah, it's called the Nail Pot and it's in Vancouver, Washington. It's a nail studio just myself. And um if you wanna look for more information is thenailpot.com.
0: See so you guys today. You go. Go and get your nails done. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. your feet done. And your feet oh gosh, because I hate nasty feet. That's the old oh, God. Oh you know, I, I think everybody in this world should go and get pedicures because when summer comes and you see those feet, they're not always. <laughs> prepared, <so. laughs>
1: oh, and I also have, um, I just started my podcast too. Just talking about the nail industry, if anybody's interested, yes. um, but it's called the nail pod P O T, uh, mm-hmm. podcast. So it's just the same name as the, as the business, the nail pod podcast.
0: So guys, so, go check it out. Cause I am actually checking, I'm following it on um, Spotify. So. Yeah, I'm um, just yes. So I'm just waiting <laughs> for episodes to drop, and you know we'll we'll be listening and supporting all the way. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you again for tuning and listening. And until next time, bye.